This is episode 7 with Occupational Health and Wellness Team Supervisor DJ Brown. This is Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson. And finally realizing my master's degree only taught me so much, I decided to start on a journey to learn more about what it truly means to be a pencil leader and how we can leave a positive mark on people and the world around us. So each week I'm going to bring you a topic or a guest that will help guide us on our way to grow and leave a positive mark wherever we go. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Benjamin Franklin said, energy and persistence conquer all things. DJ Brown is the team supervisor for Briotics Health. With his degrees in athletic training and his background as a certified ergonomic assessment specialist and a certified medical management and safety specialist, he currently leads 23 athletic trainers, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and case managers across the country as they provide injury prevention, treatment, and ergonomic services in a variety of occupational settings. Okay, guys, we got DJ Brown here today. DJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Uh, no problem, man. Glad you're be able to join us today and give us some good information on leading teams remotely. So, but if you if you want, just kind of tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm you know 28 years old. I'm living in Northwest Indiana, about 45 minutes outside of Chicago, um, a little town called Highland. Uh, you know, I'm husband to my beautiful wife Jenna. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm a daddy to Paisley, who's three years old, and uh, my son, Jack, who's 18 months old and, um, you know, just trying to survive the, the whirlwind of having two kids, three and under. Um, but yeah, I've been working with a company called Briotics Health for uh, a few years now uh, and, you know, a, another company that does similar services for, for some years before that. And um, yeah, loving it. Looking forward to chatting more today. Awesome. Yeah. So with those two companies, is that is that when you started working remotely or, or has it just been the last couple of years or, or what, where have you been? Yeah. Working so yeah, right out of grad school, um, you know, my first job was, was in the industrial athletic training settings. Mm -hmm. Those of you who don't know what industrial athletic training is, it's, it's basically uh, injury prevention services, ergonomics, uh, you know, injury treatment, things like that in uh, the industrial setting. So working uh, occupational, you know, industries so manufacturing distribution uh utilities all that kind of stuff um just kind of working with your your normal everyday people that are out there using their bodies um you know to to do their job right and you know those people need health care just like athletes so that's that's kind of where industrial athletic trainers come in um you know so my first job right out of grad school was in a company like that you know we had a lot of uh different clients all over the country um, which means we had a lot of different employees all over the country. Uh, and I kind of found myself in a, uh, you know, a role where, you know, I, I was the only full-time person at this company. So I, you know, kind of was, uh, supervising and, and, you know, training and, and just kind of leading, you know, that team of people. And then, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, made the transition to Briotics Health, a much larger company, a much larger scale. Um, doing a, the same role essentially just with a much larger team. You know, I have a team of about 23 employees that are spread out across the whole country. Uh, you know, I have some people that are in New York, some people in Indiana, you know, pretty close, some people in Texas, uh, you know, all over the place. Um, you know, but our company is in all 50 states. We're in six continents. We're in 63 countries. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very remote 
you know, style of work. So, sure. So yeah, that's some people, I mean, they might not understand the concept of like leader remotely, but like having, having to like be able to reach those people and still lead efficiently. Now getting into remote leading or remote leadership. Now, was there any challenges that you discovered getting into that compared to like leading person to person at the same place? Is there any challenges you've discovered? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's different than traditional leadership in mm. a lot of different ways. You know, there's a lot of the philosophies and, and the same types of mentalities and strategies can be applied to, to both, but it, it's very different when you can't, um, you know, walk down the hallway, peek your head in on, on your, you know, subordinate and say, Hey, how are things going? You know, and kind of watch them work or read their body language, mm. how they're engaged, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of different strategies that you have to kind of adapt and modify and, and, and do differently in the remote setting. Yeah. What uh, you say strategies, what have you, do you have one that you um, kind of as your go-to strategy as far as like reading how your, your people are doing or, or, or whatnot? Uh, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. There's really no, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for me at least uh, it's kind of a number of different strategies, you know, gotcha. You know, practically speaking, I, I would say, you know, the, the biggest um, challenge is is not having that constant contact with one another. Right. Mm. A lot of uh, a lot of leaders, you know, in the remote setting, uh, you know, some challenges that they find themselves in, I, I feel like are, are due to kind of being reactive rather than proactive. Right. They kind of mm-hmm. wait for, you know, something to happen or wait for their, you know, employee to reach out to them like with a problem that they're having or something rather than you know kind of taking the step to you know go out and approach these people and approach your people ahead of time see how they're doing ask them questions how can how can I help them as a leader you know what what do they need from me Mm -hmm. you know what kind of challenges are they facing that I can maybe help them mitigate a little bit Um, you know that kind of mentality having that proactive mentality is really important um, you know, another strategy, I guess, if you will, is, is just, uh, you know, the, the means and the, the frequency of communication has to be, uh, you know, a little bit different too. So, you know, again, if in a traditional leadership setting where you're in the same building, you know, you have those constant walking past each other in the hallway, or, you know, you kind of have those touch points, you know, all the time. Whereas in a remote setting, if you, if you are intentional about it, you know, you, you could go days or weeks without talking to, to somebody on your team. And that's, that's unacceptable. And right. obviously that, that doesn't give them a good experience either. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one of the things that I kind of, uh, have tried to, you know, live by is, is always budgeting myself some, you know, travel budget. So I can get out there, get out, be in person with, with my people at some point, um, you know, to, to do some of the things that you can't do virtually, right. Yeah. You know, this stuff is great, you know, where we're face to face and yeah. but there's still no, um, that human contact, right. 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 Things that you can't get virtually. So always, you know, budgeting to get out there, budgeting to make sure that you're, you're out there and you're actually in person, seeing them work, talking to the people that they're working with, gathering feedback, you know, learning more about what they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis so that you can understand it and help lead them better. Right. Yeah. And in between those times when you're not in person, you know, you want to have regular constant 
communication like this, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Face the people that are going to be listening to the podcast can't tell what we're looking at each other through. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, having regular contact with video, uh, mm-hmm. you know, zoom or ring central or Skype or FaceTime or something where you can actually see one another. I can kind of read your, your emotions, your, your nonverbal communication a little bit better than I could if it was over the phone or right. email. Yeah. Um, you know, that's really important. And doing that regularly is essential, right? Yep. And then even breaking it one level further down than that, right? You want to get in person when you can, when you can't, you should be doing regular, maybe bi-weekly, monthly video meetings, something yep. in that line to just have the touch points. But then in between those times, you know, a really quick phone call, a really quick text, a quick email, like just checking in, even if, even if nothing is you know, no communications really need to happen. I'm not conveying anything new to you or, you know, bringing you a message from corporate or anything like that. You know, it's just checking in, right. Them know you're still thinking about them, letting them know that you're there if they need you, just kind of letting them feel like they're not, you know, invisible. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. How you, you said in the intentional aspect of it, I think that's key. I mean, because, your people, some of those people could be the only ones at that site or in that location. Um, and so they could start feeling like they are on an island if they don't have that connection with you, uh, which then could turn into like loss, loss retention or, or poor retention rates and, and all that and just disgruntled uh, team members. And so I think, yeah, being intentional, like you said, is huge uh, and taking that time however you can, like you said, in between the video chats or between the in-person meetings, just sitting there, Hey, you doing okay? Like, mm-hmm. how can I help you? I think uh, that's huge just in within the remote leading world. Um, yeah. People can really feel or get that loneliness um, without any of that contact. So I think that that is a great, great point for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you think people kind of, when they hear like people are leading remotely or, uh, things are done remotely. Do you think there's kind of uh, some negative like ideologies or, or thought processes on leading remotely from people? I mean, I think there definitely can be. And I think, you know, some of the ones that I've heard are, you know, like you're, you can't possibly, you know, have the same type of leadership relationship with somebody if you're not in person, like it's right. personal, uh, you know, that kind of a mentality, but I, I, I would disagree. You know, I yeah. mean, I think it just takes a different approach and it takes, it does take a little bit more of an effort, I think, to get some of the same results that you might be able to, if you're in the same building with somebody, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's right. definitely a, it's got its pros and it's, it's got its cons, you know, but, um, it's absolutely still the type of relationship and the type of, um, leadership, you know, that, that so many people want to be a part of, they just have to kind of look at it differently through a different way. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, and nowadays I feel like a lot of businesses or um, companies are starting to do more of the remote leading uh, just because I think it opens up more doors and more opportunities if you're Mm -hmm. not stuck to being at the same place. Um, I think it gives you so much more room to grow and and so much more uh, ability to reach more people um, mm. that way. And so, yeah, yeah I think, absolutely. I think it, yeah, it definitely has so many benefits, but then, like you said, everything has its pros and cons. And so, but I think that's why it's so, um, important, um, that we learn to lead remotely. I mean, 
besides that, do you think there's any other reasons that leading remotely is uh, important to learn how to do for anyone? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the way the world's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I think that it's uh, it's going to become more and more common. Uh, yeah. We're we're in a very technology dependent world. Uh, we're in a very um, fast paced, changing environments all the time, you know, and and you know the business, the leadership world, you mm-hmm. know, corporate world is no different, right? You know, it's uh, companies are trying to scale their footprints as big as they can, you know, cover as many places, as many clients, as many services, or you know, sell as many products or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is that your company does, you know, you're you're trying to expand that, right? As much as possible. Right. Most companies are not the little mom and pop shops that just work in in one little town and that's what they want to do. Most companies are, you know, trying to, to get bigger and in order to get bigger, you know, you're going to have to have people that aren't right there, right. In order to be effective and to do what you do well, you have to have leaders that can kind of help manage those people effectively and help manage those services effectively and know what's happening, kind of have their their fingerprint on everything that's going on. Not, not to say like micromanaging or anything like that. Yeah. You have to know what's going on. You have to have your ducks in a row and kind right. of be able to keep everything controlled. You know, we, I use the term bounded autonomy, right? My people, mm-hmm. uh, bounded autonomy, right? They're, they're at a remote location. They may, like you said, be the only person at their, you know, locate a site, you know, servicing a, a client or whatever. So they do have a lot of freedom to right. you know, do what they need to do and kind of run the program how they want to run it and kind of have, you know, some flexibility. But they also do have the limitations of working under an umbrella company that that mm-hmm. policies and procedures that need to be followed and making sure that we're, you know, providing consistent services, you know, from one location to a next. Because if you're not providing consistent lo- services, mm-hmm. then there's going to be issues, you know what I mean? So there's got to be, but there's also got to be some autonomy and trust there as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I think uh, just being able to reciprocate the same idea to everybody is huge and important. Like you said, because you're all doing the different things. It's going to wear down on everything. Now, some people who might be already leading remotely, they might be dealing with like struggles. They might, it might not be working for them. Is that maybe just because, their personality, the people they're uh, trying to lead, or are they doing something maybe that's not helping uh, them lead well remotely? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's probably no right answer to that question. It's yeah. very you know individually based on mm-hmm. different circumstances and things of that nature, you know. But I, I would say that a lot of challenges remote leaders often run into is they try and and lead remotely the same way they would in a traditional setting, right? They gotcha. apply all the same principles, all the, you know, the fun buzzwords and things that they've mm-hmm. read in books or, you know, gone to, cl- you know, conferences and like, I do all that stuff too. That's all great. Like it's right. really great information, but you have to learn to apply it in a different way. And you have to learn to adapt what you're doing to your specific team and, and your specific needs and, and your specific environment. And okay. I think that, you know, the inability to adapt what you're doing and, you know, kind of being too rigid or strict and trying to just lead a team this way because you think that that's the way it should be done. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of a recipe for disaster and that's going to be, you know, kind of sure. end up finding yourself with, 
unhappy people, you know, disengaged employees, you know, not getting the services done the way you want, that kind of stuff. So. Gotcha. I'm going to ask you to be a little transparent. Was there anything when you started that you have realized uh, as you grew like, Oh crap, that's uh that's hurt me. Maybe I need to change that or, or wow, that's, that's not working so well for me. Like that's going to cause some problems if I don't change it. Yeah. I mean, exactly kind of what I just said, you know, yeah. I went through, I, I've, I take a lot of pride in like trying to constantly learn new things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I read a lot of these books and I, um, you know, I go to these conferences and I'll, you know, do everything I can to fill my head with like good, solid, sound leadership information, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what I did was I thought like I had all these cool tools and I could <laughs> throw them in there and, you know, they would just work, but yeah. I understand the ways that they needed to be adapted, you know, like, um, specifically, you know, speaking, I thought like I could have these, um, you know, this team of people and they would all just, uh, you know, I could, I felt like the way that I could lead them would be like the same way that I coach a basketball team, right? Like I can get them to be a great team and, and uh, mm-hmm. have fun with each other and have this good rapport, but then you slowly start to realize, well, these people live nowhere near each other. They never see each other. They don't talk to one another, you know? So like, I thought that, Oh, I'm going to be this, you know, fun leader. Like I'm going to do all these great, you know, team bonding things, but you slowly realize like, I can't do that in this setting. Right. It's, it's yeah. different. Well, you can do it. It's just different. Differently. Yeah. Have like a, well, let's go to a, you know, a ropes course and do this team bonding activity together because right. that would cost a whole lot of money yeah, travel. But, yep. and that's not something that, you know, is always in the budget. So you have to kind of be creative, um, you know, whether it's team video calls, um, you know, where you get everybody on the same call so they can see each other. Videos have to be on, um, you know, make sure that there's some face-to-face interaction, kind of just round table things like yeah. what's going well at my site, what's going well at your site, what's, what am I dealing with or what are you dealing with? That kind of stuff that works mm-hmm. with remote settings. Um, another thing, like try doing some fun things that just aren't work related, like, but that can be done remotely. Like I have a, a fantasy football, uh, league with, with my, right. So, you know, we set something up with, with all of our, my team members, we got together, (laughs) drafted at the same time. Like we try, we try and trade with one another and, Hmm. you know, I'm trash talking my employees, (laughs) eat them. And then they all smoke me and I I end up losing every week anyways, but it's just fun. And it kind of creates the conversation. It gets people involved with one another. So, you know, like you said, they don't feel like they're on an Island. I mean, they see somebody, but they know others are out there. Right. Right. I think that's the, the biggest challenge, but for sure you figure it out. It works. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Using the fantasy football or something, just anything. Yeah, March madness. That, I mean, yeah, you could do awesome. whatever you could do like, right. a, uh, do like a, a weight loss challenge, you know, with your people or a steps challenge. I mean, just yeah. stuff with your people only, you know, not yep. right. Really always like the company wide, like, cause our company, you know, we have 400 plus employees, right? Mm-hmm. We could do a big company wide thing, but that's not, gonna intimate there yeah facilitate that team feeling right because they're just lost in it you know they're Mm -hmm. people but when you do stuff on smaller level team type bonding things so it's just me and just my people in this league right and it's not a hundred people fantasy yeah that'd be horrible anyways yeah (laughs) like just stuff like that where it's just them every time i bring on somebody new 
you know, I'll send out a mass email to everybody on my team and I'll have them introduce them. I'll have them tell them what their favorite food is, maybe what their hobbies are, where they, what clients they service, just to kind of get everybody at least introduced. Mm. And it just kind of builds from there. For sure. That's cool. Now, do you guys do so, any sort of like in, internal, like social media type community things at all where you're like, Hey, look at this. Like I found this article and post it on there for everybody to see kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we have internal, uh, social media sites okay, that cool. are only open to our people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that, that we've actually been you know, working towards facilitating a little bit more, um, again, for things like information sharing or just, yeah. Hey, like this is what I did this weekend. Right. So know somebody across the world that works for the same company has similar interests, you know, yep. so maybe I just ran a 5k. Oh, I just ran one too. Like, you know, how, what was your time? You know, that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. um, you know, we do a lot of that kind of stuff. We, we try and do, um, you know, annual, like get togethers, you know, we try and get like regionally try and get local people together, cool. or even if it's, you know, a couple members from my team and a couple members from another supervisor's team. And, but we go out together, you know, we'll get dinner or we'll do like an escape room or nice fun just to, again, just make people not feel alone. Yeah. And I think it brings a a sense of like more community, more like family type Mm -hmm. can do stuff, have fun together. It's not just like we're, you know, that's awesome. Absolutely, It really changed. And I think that's changed with the culture and society too, a little bit more. I mean, just trying to think like back in our grandparents day or whatever, the, the communication and stuff like between companies, like they couldn't grow that way or right. the communication was good. So it was harder and, and they didn't have that sense of life community as much doing things. And so like just seeing the change and progress and mm-hmm. how technology is beneficial um, when used right. And, and so it's cool to see the change and the, the opportunities that come about from that. So um you said you read a lot, but are you reading any, reading anything right now that's interesting or you're learning from? Yeah, I mean, I'm reading a couple of different things. Um, the the probably the most impactful book that I've read, uh-huh. um, you know, is Extreme Ownership. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, it. it's yeah. Uh, written by a couple of really bad dudes from the yeah. Navy SEALs, right? And you know, Jocko Willink and yep. Kevin, and they basically the premise of the book is, you know, owning up to, um, owning up to everything that you do, everything that happens, you know, within your team, you know, ultimately falls onto you as the leader, right? So if, mm-hmm. if one of your people makes a mistake, well, you as a leader have to kind of own that and say, well, maybe I could have trained them better, or I should have trained sure. them, or I should have done something, put them in a better environment, right? And, and so it just kind of helps change your perception of, you know, rather than finger pointing and, you know, blame placing on somebody else. Like it's, it's taking it internally and saying, Hey, like I got to do this better. And, and yeah. that, it really kind of shapes your mentality as a leader and, and look, helps you look at things a little bit differently for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good book. And I know Jocko's uh, podcast as well is, is really good. If, if you guys haven't listened to it either, um, it's a good one to get involved and listen to. He's got a lot of good information on there. So now, as far as the pencil leadership uh, podcast goes, we I'm trying to kind of get questions asked around what pencil leadership is. So we're gonna we do like a five question kind of end of the show type thing um, that we'll go through each each step of the pencil leadership. So um, the first one is like being a pencil leader. Um, 
we can't do it alone. We have to be held by someone else to leave our mark, to be able to do and have a positive outcome in our life. So is there anyone who stands out in your mind as a mentor catalyst that has influenced you to where you've gotten today? Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> too many to name this. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I, I've got, I've been really blessed to have a lot of great leaders in my life um, from, you know, family members to people that I, I work with, to educators, you know, um, it's, I've been really fortunate to be surrounded by people that I've learned mm -hmm. different things from and, and each person's kind of impacted me differently, you know? Gotcha. I, I'll give my grandparents props because my both of my grandparents were both in the leadership field, and okay. um, you know my grandmother was the vice president for a major you know banking corporation in the Northeast and the Midwest, wow. and, um, you know won all sorts of awards and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. But you know I also got to know her as as a person and as yeah. a human being and as a family member, right? So like mm -hmm. seeing that balance um, was always really important for me to see how she could balance being you know, a really successful businesswoman, but also, uh, come home and be kind of the, the matriarch of our family. Right. And right. really lead our family to, to, you know, be stronger and more together. And she kind of, I think she kind of sometimes used some of her leadership skills on, on <laughs> as well to get us to do things that, that we needed to do. But, um, I would say that my grandmother and grandfather, uh, have both been really influential for me. That's awesome. It's cool to see, yeah, just the uh, generations, how they play an impact on the future. For sure. Um, so for sec the second one, um, like a pencil, sometimes we go through painful sharpenings, quote unquote, um, things that are painful, hurt, aren't the easiest to get through, but lead us to becoming better, uh, more effective. Do you have a memory or a time that you remember that something was painful, something didn't go as planned, wasn't a good time, but in the end made you better? Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is when I was a kid, probably 12, 13 years old, my mm -hmm. wife, not my wife, good grief, my mother <laughs> was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and, you know, thankfully, you know, thank the good Lord, she's cancer free now, mm -hmm. has been for a long time, but just kind of seeing her go through that diagnosis and see how positive she stayed, at least in mm. front of me, uh, right. you know, as a, as a kid, like it was pretty impactful to see like, you know, life's not always awesome. Right. Not everything right. always goes great. Things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it kind of taught me that how you respond to, to that stuff, that crap that happens in your life is really what kind of shapes you as a person. It's what kind of defines your character. It's how it shows you know, how gritty you are, you know, as a human being and yeah. what you're made of. So that's probably a, a, the most, you know, sticks out in my head. The yeah, most. for sure. That's a big one. Yeah. I mean, that'll really can change how you, how you have an outlook on life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the third one is, so pencils, they have erasers. So they're able to erase kind of fix mistakes that are made when you make a mistake how do you go about attacking that mistake to correct it? Do you have a, anything specifically? Um, yeah, I mean, owning it right mm -hmm. away, it's kind of leading back to that extreme ownership yep. 
book that that you know that I read and and just like there's no way around mistakes like they're gonna right. so why try to you know place blame or like it, it's it's human nature to make mistakes so yep. just own it learn from it you know like don't try not to make the same mistakes over and over again you know if mm-hmm. you're if you're not making some sort of adjustment after that mistake to try and avoid it from happening again, then, you know, that that's, that's a problem, right. But they're going to happen. So just own it, like be brutally honest with it, attack it head on, like go after the problem. Don't like hope nobody notices just, you know, like, Mm. yeah, just be a decent human being and just say, Hey, I screwed up and I'm going to fix it, you know? And yeah, for sure. Um, the biggest thing is like, sometimes you have to uh, look at it as an opportunity to work harder to fix something, you know, down the road. Like I yeah. coach basketball on the side and, and something I always tell my kids is, you know, like, don't let your mistakes compound on one another. Right. So don't, yeah. don't make this mistake. And then while you're sulking about it, you know, another mistake happens. Right. So let's use basketball for an example. If, you miss a shot, right? You miss a shot. That's an important shot, whatever. Yeah. We all miss shots. They have yep. miss a yep. shot while you're pouting about missing that shot. The other team gets the ball, takes on a fast break and goes and scores on you down, down on the other side of the court. Right. Right. So now instead of you missing that shot, getting your butt back and playing defense and stopping them from scoring, right. You've, you've now effectively, you missed your shot and you let them score. Mm. So now that's one mistake turned into two. And yeah. Probably going to start pouting about that. Yeah. Momentum. And, and it's just, it's a snowball effect, right? Yeah. So kind of take your mistakes and just stop them, right? Like yeah. I and do something to fix it. And when I, when my basketball players, if, if they turn the ball over or if they, whatever, I always made them yell out loud on the court, fix it while they're running down, you know, nice. they, like the whole team had to yell, fix it which means like you got five guys down there trying to work together, you know, mm. point number one, you can't do it alone, get down there, fix the mistake. And then that's the end of it. Right. And you move on. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, you kind of just continuously let things bother you or, you know, change your, your mentality or yeah. down, or, you know, you want to sit there and feel sorry for yourself. That's, that's no way to be and a little easier said than done sometimes yeah yeah for sure but you know that's that's something that i try and yeah that's cool i like that fix it i like that making them yell that making Mm -hmm. it verbal and making it kind of real for them that's awesome yeah so as far as pencils go obviously the lead what's inside is super important the outside could be beat up and and chipped and stuff but as long as the inside's good you're still going to be able to leave a positive mark so for you what's the most like personal value that internal morals driving force what's the most important one to you that you focus on yeah um i mean i could use like the stereotypical like you know honesty integrity yeah you know that kind of stuff but i feel like every true leader has those so like that it's almost like cheating you know every right <laughs> leader should have honesty and integrity if you don't then you're probably not a real real leader you're kind of faking yeah um you know I, I kind of have two, you know, the most important one to me is always my faith, right? Yeah. It's my faith in God. It's my faith in, in you know, what I've been blessed with and, and knowing that my gifts as a leader are not my own, right? They've been yep. 
Um, but I'll jump off of that pedestal and, and <laughs> go a different route too, which I kind of alluded to when I was talking about my grandmother is, is balance, right? I think okay. balance is huge for me. I, I mentioned I have a, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. I got a beautiful wife at home. Like I have a whole lot to live for outside of work. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know like this whole work-life balance thing is a, is a real you know, popular buzzword and Right. Like the the older generations hate it, you know, because yep. <laughs> they were, you know, raised on and, and the millennials and that generation loves to push it and kind of take it to its limits and use it yep. as an excuse um, to not always work as hard. But for me, like balance is, is a real value of mine. And it's something that I'm passionate about, right? I, I want to be able to be an effective leader at work and also at home, right? Absolutely. I make sure that I can learn different strategies, different ways to, to do that and to make sure that both parts of my life are getting equal, um, parts of me, right. And they're getting mm-hmm. equal, uh, benefits of, of having me there and fully present. So that's a yeah. big thing. That's awesome. Those are two really, really good ones. I agree uh, with for sure. And the, the last one is, so as a pencil, obviously it's job, it's, it's purpose is to leave a mark. Um, however, the positive, uh, mark can be no matter what material they're writing on. Um, it might not be easy to leave the mark, but that's their goal. That's what a pencil is for. And so in that respect, um, for us, what is one way that you are trying or that you want to do to make a difference or leave your mark on the world? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think a big passion of mine, like I just mentioned, is that, yeah. and I think that um, I want to, I want to cultivate like young leaders mm-hmm. to learn that balance as well. Like to learn that, like it doesn't, you don't have to be, you know, married to your job and only your job, right? You don't have to give 100% of your job or 100% to your job and 0% to something else. You need to learn that you can give 100% to your job and 100% to something else, right? Absolutely. And I think kind of helping other leaders and young leaders, um, you know, fresh out of school coming up, Mm -hmm. you know, helping them to learn that it's possible. And it's also something that they should strive for is really important to me. And that's kind of you know, my, my future vision is to be a part of, you know, an organization that values me, um, and allows me to kind of utilize my strengths in order to kind of bring, uh, that mentality and that leadership to others and help them maximize their potential. But again, remembering that, you know, while they're, yes, they're navigating the professional world, which is, you know, treacherous sometimes. Right. But they also, you know, are a person outside of work and yeah. learning how those things kind of coexist is really important to me. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the younger generation coming up, they have so much potential to make such a great impact and being able to somehow leave a mark with them and, and kind of do whatever we can to help them. I think that's very, very good goal as far as like what impact we leave. So that's great. So, but DJ, again, we, we're so thankful that you are on the show spreading your knowledge to our audience and, and kind of just um, letting us get to know you a little bit more and uh, everything you're doing. And um, it's always, it's always a pleasure getting to know people like you and 
Um, so thank you again for being on the Pencil Leadership. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great oh. talking with you. Yeah. And uh, we'll keep DJ's contact uh, information uh, down in the message below or in the description below. Um, so you can always check out what he's doing, connect with him on social media or whatnot. So, um, yeah. Thanks again. And, uh Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and are able to take something of value from it as well. If you did enjoy it, share the link on social media and tag Pencil Leadership or myself. Send me a message. Love to answer questions or take ideas for topics on how to improve the show. Also, be a difference in someone else's life today by texting them this link, sending them this link so they can reap the benefit of listening to all this information. We can all take this information and use it to be better pencil leaders to make a positive mark on the world. And if you could, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review um, and subscribe if you like the show. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much for the love and support by reviewing and subscribing. I hope you took good notes. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.